greetings and well wishes from me, the Liberty Hippie, your host of the Homesteads and Homeschools podcast that you have apparently downloaded or are streaming. That uh, That's what you're listening to right now. Anyway, folks, today is episode number 55, which means, of course, for you astute listeners and you that are, are brand new, I'll let you have a guess where you can find the show notes. Homesteadsandhomeschools.com slash 055. It's very, very simple. I, I, I really tried to make that simple. Not that anybody actually looks at the, the show notes, but uh, if you so choose to do so, that's where you will find them. Likewise, with any episode from this show, uh, go to homesteadsandhomeschools.com, hit that slash button, and type in the episode number, and you will find the show notes. And what can you find in those show notes, you ask? Oh, what can you find? There are links to the Facebook group, the Homestead at Homeschool Forum. There are links to the Discord server, which is a mighty fine place to go. If you have not found it yet, I urge you to do so. Uh, Discord is a, a wonderful, wonderful little option we have. What else can you find? You can find the Spotify playlist. During the show, I, I play some music. I like music. And uh, you can find all those tracks queued up in one wonderful playlist. And uh, I actually, I kind of enjoy it. It's coming together fairly nicely. So you can find a, a link to that. And uh, more importantly, you can find a link to our Amazon affiliate account. Uh, you can find that there, or you can go directly to that homesteadsandhomeschools.com slash Amazon. And uh, that affiliate link, of course, costs you nothing, but uh, it gets me a little kickback. And in the end, those little kickbacks uh, can help make this thing fiscally neutral. And, uh, you know, that, that helps. That helps. And the other thing you can find in the show notes, of course, is my Patreon, patreon.com slash the Liberty Hippie. And, you know, in there, uh, little little donation, little monthly donation. You can uh, get some stickers. You can uh, get some seeds. You know, it's uh, spring's coming up, and it's a wonderful time to uh, to get some seeds in the ground. And I have I have some different ones that I've uh, kept through the years, um, and uh, and that's there as well as uh, maybe maybe some merchandise, maybe some some t-shirts or a hat or a nice little shopping bag if that's what you want. Who knows? There's something there for everybody. Anyway, guys, uh, let's let's get into this. It's it's uh, I've been jibber-jabbering for quite some time. So today's episode number 55, and my guest today is Mr. William Hahn. William is a missionary over in Ghana. He uh, he came into my our church one day and uh, gave a little talk. He uh, he and his wife know some some people from our church, and they were in town and uh, decided to come in. It was, it was quite interesting, but I found out that, uh, that he homeschools, and that uh, as his wife is the doctor, he ends up uh, homeschooling his, his kids, sort of in the same... Uh, same vein that uh, my family ended up in, so uh, I thought it'd be it'd be interesting to talk to him and, and hear his uh, hear his angle on things um, because you know he he made the decision to homeschool, but at the same time it was kind of uh, a little more forced upon him than uh, it is for for most of us here uh, stateside with with all sorts of different options, including uh, public school. I, I reached out to him and, and he was gracious enough to come on and. Uh, and to talk a bit about his experience. And uh, it was a, a very fun conversation. It's a good conversation. William's a, a good dude, and uh, I hope you all enjoy it. So uh, let's go plant those liberty seeds with my guest, Mr. William Hahn. By the rivers of Babylon, where he sat down, and where he went, when he remembered. Oh, about the wicked 
my guest today is Mr. William Hahn from, uh, well, I don't know where he's from, I guess we have to, to get into that some, but uh, he is a, a missionary right now over in, uh, in Ghana. Um, he works in, in the photography and, and media department over at the International Missions Board, um, doing some work for them. And his, his wife is a doctor over there in Ghana, and they've been there for uh, a handful of years now. And um, have him on today to talk a little bit about homeschooling and uh, how they, they make that all work. So, William, thank you for coming on. I, I appreciate it. And My pleasure. You're, you're a busy guy. So, you, you guys are stateside right now, correct? Yes, we've we've been in the states for a few months, uh, well, a little more than that. Now we've been in the states since July, and then we'll head back to Ghana in June of next year. Okay, all right. So you got a year off. How how long have you guys been over there for before you came home? So we were there for five years, and then we came back to the states. But we had been doing uh, short term stuff, three months, one month here, a few weeks here, um, since as far back as two thousand seven. Uh, we were really waiting for my wife to finish her medical training before we can move over there and kind of be there full time. Okay. All right. So did you, did you grow up, um, over here somewhere or did you grow up over there? Uh, yes and no. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a missionary kid. So I'm one of these folks who, when you ask me where I'm from, there's no answer and there's a dozen answers. Um, I, I moved overseas. My parents were missionaries in the Ivory coast and I moved okay. overseas in 1985. Um, and, uh, spent my whole, all my formative years, uh, from age five to age 18, uh, in West Africa. Um, and I, I was not homeschooled. So I, I actually went to uh, a boarding school, um, for a chunk of my education while I was in, in West Africa. Okay. Very I, different from my son's situation now. <laughs> I can imagine. So what was that like then at, uh, I mean, what was the, the boarding school? Like, was it mostly, like I don't know, foreign kids or was I? What did what, yeah, what did that look it was, like? Uh, the boarding school was actually set up specifically for the children of missionaries in West okay. Africa. So it it changed a little bit, but it was about two hundred students in total, first through twelfth grade um, there, and um, it was a great experience for me. Uh, not not everybody likes boarding school. Um, it really depends on kind of your personality and, and things like that. I'm an extrovert. Um, I loved it. I, it was the time of my life, um, there at boarding school. In fact, this weekend I just, um, had a kind of a reunion with a bunch of friends, um, in boarding school, you really make like friends that last a lifetime. And about 10 of us got together this weekend up in Seattle. And it was interesting going back over, over stories. Some, some of the guys had like a horrible experience and, uh, some even talked about getting therapy because of what a horrible experience it was for them. But I was there with them at the same time, the same place. And for me, it was a wonderful experience. So, you know, every kid's different uh, and, and has a, you know, different needs and situation. Yeah. It's, it's amazing how, how different experiences can be, you know, just from, yeah. from one person to the next. But uh, how far away was that from where your parents were uh, located? Yeah, my parents were only about four and a half hours away in the same country. But there were other kids who, you know, their parents had to do like a three or four day drive to come, you know, pick them. And they, there wasn't the infrastructure that there is now in the 80s and 90s. Now it's a it's a lot easier um, to get around in West Africa. But yeah, some some kids, it was a it was a big distance. Um, and that may have been part of why the experience was better for me. My parents would come up 
um, at least maybe maybe once a month or so on a weekend and see me and stuff like that. So I wasn't separated from them as much as some kids were. Nice, nice. So then you uh, you were there until you were you were eighteen. Did you come back to the states at that point or? Yeah, I came back to the States for college. Um, that was the nice thing about the boarding school is it was an, an accredited, uh, accredited in the U.S. So you could come back and all your grades and all that kind of stuff. Um, you could just apply and get straight into uh, to college. And it was a, it was a great, academically, it was a wonderful place. The teachers there were, you know, kind of missionaries in their own sense because they had left the U.S. to come and, and it was a ministry for them to be the teachers for these students. And they were really top notch um, teachers. So I had a fantastic uh, education there at that school. Nice. Good deal. So is that something you knew kind of when you, uh, when you came back here that you wanted to get back out into the, the mission fields? Was that something that you recognized back then? Or did that come later on? No, that didn't. Uh, you know, um, I got back to the States and uh, I very much was ready to do my own thing. Kind of felt like the missionary thing was my parents. And I had kind of been co-opted and forced into that. <laughs> and I wanted to forge my own identity. And uh, it's a long story, not for this podcast, but it took me about two years of uh, bad decisions in college um, to kind of get straightened out. And uh, the Lord really got a hold of me and uh, met my wife. And she was serious about missions. And together, we kind of got married and knew missions was what we were going to do together and worked towards getting back over to West Africa. Cool. Um, but I, I definitely had my my wayward years uh, as soon as I got back to the U.S. <laughs> yeah, yeah, prodigal yeah. son style. Yeah, I, I, hey, it's not uh, not uncommon. But um, so you guys, you went over there, and so did you, your son was born over here, or over there. So my son was born in the U.S. Okay. and um, he did public school in Georgia in first and second grade, and for third grade was when we moved overseas. And um, where we are, we're in the far northeast corner of Ghana, and it's it's pretty remote. Um, really, there's no no good schooling opportunities uh, for him there. And so we knew before we left that we were gonna that really our only option. Well, we could send him to boarding school, but I would not do that to a child that young. Um, I didn't actually start boarding until eighth grade. Okay. Um, and, uh, I wouldn't have sent him off at that young. So homeschooling was really our only option. Um, and so I'm kind of a, a reluctant, uh, homeschooling parent because <laughs> I had no, you know, God was calling us to do the work in this place and there was no other option. Um, so that's what we had, we kind of planned on doing. And, and that's what we did for the five years, uh, third through seventh grade. Okay. Um, it was something I had zero experience in and, uh, <laughs> It was, uh, it was, it was fun and interesting. So is, is he at boarding school now then? Will he be going to boarding school when you guys get back or? No. So, um, right now, one reason we're in the States for a full year is I wanted, um, uh, him and, and we have a daughter now. She showed up while we were in Ghana. She's only four, but I wanted them to get, uh, a structured kind of school year, just have a full school year. I knew I would be busy here in the States and, um, just to add me continuing homeschooling on top of all that. Um, for the year we're in the States would have been a challenge. So um, we put him in a, in a private Christian school that uh, is my wife's alma mater. It's not far from our house. And um, we were kind of worried that five years in Africa homeschooled and then drop him into public school for <laughs> eighth grade <laughs> would have, would have just been a nightmare. I mean, eighth grade's hard enough, no matter, you know, whether it's a private school or whatever. So um, yeah, so, it, so that it, 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 we're actually 
you know, halfway through the school year now, and it's, it's been really good. Uh, it took a little adjusting up front, but they've, they've done well. Good. Yeah. What was, what was that transition like for him then? Was he kind of, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, one of the, you know, as, as you know, one of the benefits of, of homeschooling is the flexibility, um, in the schedule and stuff. And so with my work, I go on, uh, kind of like journalistic assignments that can be anywhere from a week to 10 days, 14 days. And so as we homeschooled, we kind of have this rule that he really doesn't get like breaks. Like there's no Easter break, spring break, fall break, Christmas, basically whenever I travel is his break. And so he gets lots of little breaks as I go on assignments. Um, but because you get to go kind of at your own pace, um, follow, you know, the, what, how the kid's doing, um, we actually finished the school year for him, his seventh grade year, we finished it up at the end of March. And nice. so he just finished up early. And so we kind of said, Hey, back to the States and you hang out with your grandparents. And so in April, he came back to the U S on his own and spent time with both sets of grandparents. And we did that because we wanted him to have a few months of time to kind of adjust to American culture. <laughs> if we had come back in July and then dropped him in school, you know, a few weeks later, that would have been rough. Um, so that was, that was good for him. It gave him some, you know, no pressure for several months um, to kind of get the hang of how things run here, how kids act. Um, and, uh, and it took, it took some adjustment, you know, you asked about things that were difficult. Um, one of the things that has come up many times is just kids and, and smartphones. Um, he doesn't have a phone. He didn't have a need for one in Africa. He doesn't have a need for one here. And he's been really frustrated trying to make friends and stuff. Um, kids are often really just glued to the screen. Um, he tries to strike up a conversation and they're distracted. And, and that was a, a challenge for him that, that we heard from him. Um, and it was kind of interesting to hear that from a kid <laughs> observing yeah, that. I can imagine that. He, I didn't, something I didn't, didn't think about, but, uh, you know, how much of the communication between kids today even just happens over, you know, the, the chat, whatever Snapchat or IMs or whatever it is that they're, they're using, you know, it's gotta be yeah. a tricky and situation. He would come home and, He'd come home and ask me, you know, questions. And I, I didn't know half the stuff either. He's like, what's a Visco <laughs> girl? And I'm like, I don't know. We got to go Google it. You know, uh, <laughs> um, all these, you know, whatever's trendy with the kids. He, he comes home and asks, you know, what's Fortnite? And we got to go look it up and <laughs> things like that. Um, yes, but but yeah. all that said, now about, you know, halfway through the school year, he's he's adjusted well. He's got some some good friends. And so uh, we thank the Lord for that. Good deal. Good deal. So is, is he thought about going back to, to Africa at all? Is that a, something that comes up at all? Or Yeah. You know, um, we had done the homeschooling and then put him in this school. And one of our things we thought might happen is what if he says, Hey, I, I like it here. I want to stay. Um, and so we were open to the idea of possibly leaving him here if the grandparents would agree and let him live with the grandparents and, uh, you know, go to keep going to the school. But, um, he didn't really want to do that after, you know, we said, you know, let's see how the school year goes. Um, and it, it's been an okay year, but he's, he's ready to get back to Africa. And so what we'll do probably going forward is for high school, there's a little more pressure, um, you know, as far as grades and accreditation, that kind of stuff. And so there's a, an online uh, system called uh, North Star Academy that a lot of missionaries around the world use. And um, you can take online courses as a structured thing where it's, you know, they have class every day, certain periods and all that. And you do it online or there's a more flexible version, which is kind of like 
homeschooling. It's kind of like a halfway place where okay. I, as the parent, will be like a facilitator. The schedule is flexible. We pick the classes he takes. We get to set you know the times, and and I'll kind of facilitate. And that's that's the approach we're looking at at going towards um, going forward um, for that. Yeah. 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 So it's always, it's kind of, that was one of the things I was thinking about, you know, how do you do that? Is it any different over there versus over here? If you're, you're homeschooling your program, you know, isn't an, an accredited program or, or what it may be, but is that what you, what were you guys using um, before you came back? What, what pro, were you using a curriculum? Yeah. Um, our mission organization, the IMB just does a fantastic job of just equipping parents um, and before we went overseas, they had a three-day workshop at our during our missionary training that was for all the the homeschooling parents. Um, now, <laughs> I was the only male in there. It was all uh, <laughs> it was all uh, wives and then me. Um, but on the first day, the the lady leading the workshop, she just spread out. She must have had like twenty different curriculums. She just spread them out on the floor, and she said, "All right, you guys, just go through these, look at them." Um, and just take your time to kind of look at them. And I was really overwhelmed. And the first one I picked up was, uh, Calvert. Um, and Calvert is like an old classical education. I think it's like the oldest homeschool, like curriculum ever. And, uh, I picked it up and it's very, very structured every day. It's, I'd say it's like a recipe. It like tells me like, you do this and then you do this and then you do this and you do this and you just check off the boxes and then you're done for the day. Um, all the books come with it. And I just was like, okay, that's it. <laughs> that's exactly what I need. Because again, uh, homeschooling was something that I didn't have a choice in. Um, a lot of parents, you know, they make the choice to do this. Um, but me, it was something that I just had to do. Um, and so it, it, it worked great. Um, especially with my son's personality, we just every day, we just pull out the sheet and it's like, all right, here's what we got to do. And we go through it. And when we're done, we're done. Um, being overseas, it helps me cause I can every year I'll just order the next year's curriculum and it's just everything I need is there. The lab stuff's there, the books, the activities, teacher stuff, answer keys. It just comes in a few boxes. So I have volunteers truck it over as a piece of luggage for me. And, uh, and then I'm set for the year. And that's just, that was just great. Just cause I, I, I can't, you know, it's not like I can go to a local library and check out books for him to read, um, go to the craft store to get stuff or, um, I just need it all in a box. So it was awesome to, that Calvert worked that way as homeschool in a box kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. Do you, do you have access to the internet readily over there or do you have to kind of, I do have internet access. It's pretty expensive. Um, where I live, I have to pay per gigabyte. I pay about $4 a gigabyte and, Americans now everybody's everything's unlimited and right, so yeah. <laughs> you know in the states we don't think about it but man over there when you're paying when you're paying for everything you know you think twice before you watch that YouTube video or you you know spend time on Facebook cuz it costs you money in fact it probably be a good idea if uh, yeah, that right? was the case in the states cuz we would waste a whole lot less time online if we knew it was costing us um so I do um you know we'll find resource we use some Khan Academy stuff uh, that's a website um especially when uh, he struggled a little bit in math. And so uh, Khan Academy was a great resource for if the textbook we were using, he just wasn't quite getting it. We could go to Khan Academy and watch those videos and go through those practice things on that topic. And, you know, just kept, would give him another perspective, someone else explaining a different way. And that really helped a lot. Yeah, I, I imagine that would be tough. It's something I, I didn't think about till just now, but finding 
being able to access resources. Um, you know, we're inundated with, with information over here, you know, it's, uh, whatever you want to find, you can find it. And it's not a problem. Yeah. Do you have a, do you have a, a like a local library of sorts or anything? Like do you, or what, if you need, so, <laughs> if you no, need more information, uh, where do you go? No, there's, there's nothing like in the community years ago, uh, some NGO tried to start a library and that, that never, it didn't last long in our community. Illiteracy is a big issue where we are. Um, and even though English is the official language, uh, you know, most people in our area, they may get a few years of schooling, maybe up through junior high, but then, then they're, then they're, you know, back in the farm and stuff. So there's none of that there, but we were blessed because where we work, we live and work at a hospital because my wife's a surgeon. So she's the surgeon at the hospital and the hospital has been there 60 years. And we have 60 years worth of missionaries that came before us. And so they all homeschooled their kids. And so there's this little two room uh, building right next to uh, my house that they call the schoolhouse. And that's where in the old days, when there were many missionary families, they would bring all the kids down there and do the schooling. Well, I'm, we're the only missionaries there now. And so I have that whole place to myself and it kind of has a mini library because it has all these books that people brought over for their kids, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago. Um, old encyclopedia sets that are from like the early seventies. Um, some of that stuff's uh, <laughs> worthless. Um, but it's, it's been neat to kind of have that. Um, occasionally other missionaries pass through our area and I always tell them like, you are free to raid the schoolhouse and like go in there. <laughs> if you see stuff you want, take it because the beauty of the Calvert again is it, I just have everything I need. So I just tell them like this cabinet's off limits, <laughs> but you can have anything else. And so other missionary families will come through and grab some books and uh, grab some, sometimes there's, there's some craft supplies and stuff that someone can use. Um, so I am kind of standing on the shoulders of the people that came before and left all that stuff behind. That's kind of cool. That's really a unique kind of setup. You know, you just take it and leave what's there. Cause I imagine, yeah. you know, you got to get somebody to trek all those books to you. Um, you, have amassed a few years of them. Nobody's going to be tracking them back for you. So. Yeah. And then there's, it's funny cause there's certain books that I think like every, every curriculum uses, you know, I must have like 10 copies of where the red fern grows, um, sitting in there, um, and stuff oh, like man. that. Um, yeah. All right. So your, your daughter is four. Um, have you guys kind of started anything with her yet or are you just kind of so she's waiting in or, this year? Right. Yeah. She's in pre-K. Um, and she, she had never done any schooling cause I mean, she was born over there and, uh, so young. And so we put her in pre-K and man, she loves it and she loves the structure of it. Um, it's a, it's a different personality than my son as you know, every, everybody's kids, you have all these, the whole gamut of personalities. And so kind of worries me a bit because I'm not good at structure. My, my work is not like a, you know, I can get called and have to leave tomorrow for a week or two, you know, kind of thing. Um, but yeah, she loved me. She comes home from school and she's like, today I got to be in charge of turning off the lights or today I was the weatherman and today I, and she just loves that stuff. So, um, yeah, we'll start with kindergarten with her next year. Um, I haven't yet, uh, I'm waiting until next year to start looking into what exactly I need to do for that for kindergarten, but definitely for first grade, I'll pick up with the Calvert stuff again. And uh, one of the nice things is with the Calvert stuff is once you've 
you know, I've got one son, my son through it. So once I hit third grade, I will have all the materials uh, okay. for her when she hits third grade. I just, you know, the, the workbooks, you got to replace those. Um, but that's one nice thing is that <laughs> she'll start using, <laughs> you got it. You got a crew there with you. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she'll start using her brother's stuff uh, in a few years. Um, and uh, that'll, that'll actually save a lot of money um, by doing that. Um, yeah, that's yeah. that's something we kind of we've used a, a couple different boxes um, throughout the years, and it it's nice when you can reuse them. But sometimes you you get one and it works, and you're like, it just it ends up not working for the next kid, and you gotta figure something else out. And if you can make it work for the multiple kids, it's it's great. Yeah, well, I'll find out in a few years. <laughs> it may so, not. Yeah, yeah. How how was it? Um, getting into it, homeschooling kind of in the manner that you did, where you kind of, your, your hand was forced and, you know, you didn't have much of an option. Were you nervous yeah, about honest, some things or was it just like, all right, let's, let's do this. Or how did man, that? I was nervous about it all because, uh, I mean, I, at one point I taught college courses down here in Florida, but, uh, teaching your own kids is a, <laughs> is a different thing. Um, they're not paying for the privilege to hear you lecture. You're forcing them to sit there while you lecture. Um, but, uh, so yeah, it was, it was, uh, well, here's, here's, I mean, the, the one thing I could say that shows how nervous I was, uh, my son has an August birthday, which means that we could, you know, kind of choose whether he goes in at a certain age or, or stays back. And we specifically put him ahead for his age okay. because our thought was if we mess up the homeschooling thing. <laughs> At least he can repeat a year and he'll just be back in the age bracket with the other kids and it won't matter. Um, so we like actually, you know, <laughs> I know it's not good to say you were like expecting to fail. We weren't expecting to oh, fail, yeah. but we, we put, set that in as a buffer. And amazingly, um, you know, he did fantastic. Um, uh, every year we would, at the end of the school year, um, I would take a online, uh, take a standardized test, do this standardized test form every year just to make sure our organization actually asks us to do that um, to make sure that the kids, you know, keep it up. And so we can see where, where he needs extra help and so on. And he did that every year after homeschooling and ended up with really, really high marks. And it was, that was really encouraging. So um, now, now he's in the U S in the school and he's like the youngest in his class and the smallest in his class. And, but he's making good grades. I mean, the, the, it, it was, it was fantastic. The one subject he struggled a bit in was math. And you know, what I really came to appreciate about homeschooling is because you set your own pace, I was able to, if he did a chapter, I kind of had a rule when he, when he finished a chapter, if he took the chapter test and he had less than like an 85, we would do the chapter again and just repeat the chapter. And then he'd ace the test and we move on to the next one. And especially in math, you know, if you miss, if you have, if you struggle with a concept and you just get forced to move forward, mm -hmm. then you're going to struggle with the next one. And then the next, and it just, it's like a domino effect. It gets worse. And so he was, we were really able to get through math, even though he struggled get through that. And, and he got really high marks on the standardized test at the end of the year, because we had done that. Um, we even jumped ahead at the end of seventh grade because he finished early. We jumped into eighth grade math on Khan Academy. And, uh, did a couple months of that. And then he came to the U S and it kind of, kind of bit us because he came to the U S and they gave him some kind of test at the school and they said, Oh, he needs to be in honors algebra. <laughs> so they put him in honors algebra 
And uh, so math has been challenging for him again. Um, but uh, I was like, hey, man, that's, you know, good. The thing that he was kind of the least confident in, uh, they put him in the honors class. So he's doing well. Yeah, that yeah. is that is the great part about about homeschooling, you know, is like when you when you have that that glitch where something is hard or it's difficult, whatever, you can do that and then you can move along with with your reading because that's easy and you get that or or vice versa, whatever it is, you know. So, but um all right, and I guess he's he's doing well in school then. He made the transition well. He's getting he's, man, decent grades he's doing, and, and he's doing fantastic and uh I made him take, uh, I made him do typing when I was, that wasn't in the curriculum, but I made him do typing and, you know, you get Mavis, the old school Mavis beacon typing, the little games and stuff. And I was pretty strict on that. Um, I took typing in junior high and I felt like it, it really helped me a lot. And then he got into, he's really into reading and writing. He writes his own little books and stuff. And, uh, then he, once he learned typing, he started typing these things. And man, he blows the other kids away with his typing skills. Um, that's what we're, because we took some time. That's what we're working on hard right now, trying to get the, the typing skills down. We're just still stuck uh, finger finger pecking or whatever you yeah. want to call it. You know, it's uh, man. I swear by that. May I did Mavis Beacon typing in like the nineties. I was surprised it was still around. Um, and and I put him through that. And and uh, now it also helps. He, he doesn't, or he didn't when he was younger, he plays some video games now, but he didn't play a lot of video games. Um, we didn't have like a console or anything. And so the only video games that he got to play were the typing ones. And he loved those, you know, it was a video game, but it was also teaching him that skill. And so that was kind of the beauty. I think a kid today, you know, if they're playing Fortnite, they're just going to roll their eyes at Mavis Beacon typing games. But um, that was one advantage of us kind of sheltering him from video games is that was like, he looked forward to sitting there, you know, I'd walk in in the afternoon during his free time and he's playing video games, but it's typing games. So that helped him out a lot. Very cool. Very cool. So uh, I'm curious, what, what do they do kind of for fun or for recreation when you guys are in Ghana? Do they have like, are they able to kind of integrate themselves with the other kids? Is there like a language barrier there? Or do they kind of yeah, stay close to question. home? Um, because Ghana's official language is English in all the schools, they teach English. And so initially we thought he would need to learn the local language, but we quickly realized all the other, you know, third grade boys, elementary age school boys were going to school and were learning English and they were thrilled to play with him and speak English. And so he, he'd never learned the local language. He, he can understand some words here and there, you know, little stuff, but all his friends that he would play with, um, they all communicated uh, in English with him. And so for him, for fun uh, was, is, you know, he, well, when he, when he was younger, now he's getting into his teens. So, but in those third, <laughs> fourth, fifth, sixth grade, those years, it was, you know, running around outside with his buddies. They would, they would go climb trees. They would build sand fort things. They would, go explore. Um, it's a, the community we're in, we're really open with the community. We don't, we live on a hospital campus, but we don't have like big walls around us separating us. So people kind of come freely. So the kids just show up. And, um, and so we had to, we actually had to make set boundaries because originally it would be like 25 kids would show up to play <laughs> because the only little white boy in town who has toys. Right. So, um, that was a bit, a bit of a struggle at the beginning, but but eventually we kind of honed it down. He had about seven or eight, like good close friends. And so we kind of just made it a rule that those are the boys that were allowed to come over and, and hang out 
I mean, we had like, we had like 16, 17 year old boys who wanted to come over and play with him. And it's like, uh, sorry. Like he's, he's eight. Nope. Um, but yeah, that's that. Yeah. Riding bikes, um, just running around exploring as he got older, you know, we got just kind of let him be freer with, with going out on his own. Um, again, I, thankfully I don't have to worry about security in our area. So he just had it. That's what I did as a kid, man. When I was growing up, I just loved going down to the Creek and, building dams with the boys and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. It's something to be said about that, man. It's a, a, a simple childhood, I guess, but it's, it was, it's kind of what I did, you know, play in the woods and build dams in the stream and run yeah. across logs and, you know, it's, but it's fun. Yep. It's fun and it's good yeah. for the kids. But anyway, man, I, I appreciate your time. Um, I take oh, you no too long, but so if people are, are interested in, in um, some of your, photography your videos about your guys story over there in ghana want to follow along where where should they go yeah um for my my photography and stuff i'm on instagram uh, my name is william han so my instagram handle is w h a u n w han um and and my professional work is what i really put up there but okay. then my family we have a, a website like a blog that we've been keeping for the last five years and it's uh, hans in africa dot com h a u n s i n and africa dot com and on there we have my wife if you're if anyone's into medical stuff my wife posts a lot about her medical cases and the work that she does um, and then I post a lot of cultural stuff about the people we work with the Memphis people and then some of our kids adventures and things like that kind of all that's on there but there's a whole I mean, that was just, it's kind of been a way to keep in touch with people in the States and let them know what's going on. So we've got five years. Well, actually we started the, the blog in 2007. So we have 12 years worth of, <laughs> of Africa stuff there. Um, you can go way back and see my son, uh, one year old, uh, when we went over in 2007, he's, he spent quite a bit of time over there now. So That's it's wild. been good. Very cool. Very cool. I will put all those links in the show notes for people and, uh, encourage them to go go check them out i know you you came to our church and gave a little talk there and that was it was enjoyable quite enjoyable so uh well, I imagine all this stuff is quote just just as good on those websites so yeah right. it's been right. great uh, i i never would have thought that a homeschooling podcast would want to talk to me i i, I was a <laughs> reluctant homeschooler and um, you know, and oftentimes at least i used to always think of boarding school as being the complete other you know side of the pendulum swing from homeschooling yeah. and uh I've, I've done both and and i kind of i see the benefits of both and the downsides uh but uh it's yeah it's been a good adventure so i'm looking forward to heading back and keep going with my daughter it'll be a whole a whole different adventure with her <laughs> i imagine it's it's amazing two kids from the same parents can be so different i know yeah. i know how it goes but uh all right well i appreciate it and um i wish you guys the best of luck and and everything and uh yeah. Well, uh, well, thanks a lot. And uh, right. great work on the podcast, man. Keep it up. All right. Thanks, brother. Take care. Oh, yeah, that was good, wasn't it? William, uh, like I said at the top of the show, he's a, he's a good dude. And uh, that was a, a fun, fun interview. And as you can tell, there's all, all sorts of fun things 
going on anyway uh, hope you guys enjoyed that um and uh yeah go go check out his his instagram um go check out the links that will be in the show notes um lots of cool cool stuff going on there and uh you know i i appreciate all the you know the feedback and the downloads as i had mentioned the last show uh really be super pumped to uh hit that uh four digit download number this month especially as it's a a short month and and it looks like we're on track by god we're on track right now as i record this on on sunday night sitting about just just over over 300 so uh doing good so thank you out there if you have been sharing this or telling people about it um i really really do appreciate it so thank you for that and uh if you haven't hit that subscribe button yet um what are you doing what are you doing? Go, go hit that. Go hit that subscribe button. Make sure you get all of the last 54 shows. Uh, I have been straight sailing through 54 episodes, 55 if you include today, and hopefully there will be another 55 in it. And, uh, why not, why not get those delivered straight to your phone so you never, you never miss another one. Anyways, folks, um, come back next week because you know what next Tuesday is going to be. It's going to be another show and you don't want to miss that so go ahead and hit those hit those buttons hit all those buttons and leave a review while you're at it come on do it go leave a review on itunes or any fancy dancy podcatcher you use anyway guys i will let you go i will thank you one more time for listening for sharing for getting the word out there that this podcast exists i appreciate it remember get out there sow those seeds of liberty and we can all reap sheaves of freedom together. I'm gonna ride us his dream.